peace, Jesus. Oh, we thank you for your peace, Lord. Love you, Jesus. Your word is a lamb. 
lift your voice and tell him we love you Jesus oh we love you Lord we thank you that we can draw near to you you never shrink back from us thank you Jesus thank you Lord that we can run to you and run to your embrace thank you Jesus we bless you Lord hallelujah oh hallelujah Jesus Liz why don't you come on up we love you Lord we love you Jesus oh he's so good I just want to say thank you to Carol for being here today I don't know if you've noticed her family's not here her dad is preaching a, a revival service up north somewhere up in northern Florida somewhere and um, and she came here to be with us so thank you Carol and thank you to all of the the praise and worship team the beautiful worship that we have here just there you couldn't put a price on it it's wonderful God is so good I'm so thankful to look out this morning and see every one of you it's a cold day to come out in Florida but we all made it God is so good it's so good to see Lynn here let's give her a hand we love you Lynn Oh, God is good. So good to see Jane back. And so many, I know I know, Pastor's going to welcome the Suttons back, but I'm so glad to see you guys. And all of you, it's good to see Gary again and, and Brandon. It's good to see you guys. Oh, you know, we need each other. When we come here and you feel like maybe I didn't do anything but come and sit there, you have no idea who you are encouraging and who the, the spirit that is in you is blessing because you're here. The, the more of us that there are, it's just exponential how, how the spirit inside of us just blesses each one of us. We just bless each other. You are a, a huge blessing in every way. Thank you for being here. God is so good. I just want to encourage you as you go through your week this week, I want you to do something that maybe isn't different for you. Maybe you already do this. So if that's good, keep doing it. But when, when you feel like something's coming on you, discouragement, a headache, whatever, I want you to instead of, when, as soon as you acknowledge that, oh, I got a headache, just say, I don't receive that. And I take authority over it in the name of Jesus. And when your spouse or your friend or your, your child or your loved one says, I don't feel good today, I want you to take authority over that in the name of Jesus. And, and don't let the devil even get his slimy fingernail in the door because he is a liar and he is also an opportunist and he will take every opportunity to bring you down if he can. But you don't have to let him. Boy, I'm telling you, Carol just walked through the door, and I don't mean to bring so much attention to Carol, but isn't she beautiful this morning? <laughs> but what I wanted to say about it is that she is a, a person who is going through a very tough time right now. And you, if you didn't know, you wouldn't know. I'm just in awe of the Spirit of God on her and the way that a person can walk through a very deep valley and stay on top God is so good and I, I think that she would agree with me that it's the Lord that is giving her the victory 
day by day. It's not a, it's not a season by season thing. It's a minute by minute thing sometimes. Sometimes it's a second by second thing that we have to take authority over all the dark thoughts that the devil might want to bring into our minds and into our lives. And so I want you to stand with me and I don't care what it is that you're facing this morning. I, I want all of us to join with Lynn and, and um, just pray comfort over her. And I want all of us to, to join with each other in agreement over anything that's that, that we're dealing with. I know Maureen's family is going through a very tough time. I know that many of our loved ones are going through a very tough time. Many people have lost loved ones in this season. It's been a tough season. But God, but God. I want you to say with me, and I, first of all, I want you to acknowledge it. God is good all the time. And we can trust him. I can see in my mind right now, Michael, in the courtrooms of heaven, worshiping. And that doesn't answer for why Michael had to go through three years of suffering or why Frank Carey had to go through such a long time of suffering. But I want you to know that even when we don't understand, we can trust him. We can absolutely trust him. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, that we can trust you no matter what. We thank you, Lord, that you are a great God, a loving God, a powerful God, you are the only God. We love you. And we receive from your hand this morning everything that you have for us. And we determine to walk hand in hand with you in trust through every step of this life, no matter where it leads us in Jesus' name. If you believe that and agree with that, I want you to say, I receive it. And you know, sometimes, church, I'm just gonna just gonna pause here and tell you something. Sometimes when I say when, when I'm starting to go through something I don't like, I'll say to the Lord, I said I would walk with you through everything, and I meant it. I meant it, Lord. Whatever this is, whatever this is going to turn out to be, I'm walking it with you in Jesus' name, and I'm trusting you, Lord. Father, we trust you. You are a good God. You never let anything happen to us that you don't have the answer for. And you don't have the strength for. And you don't have the direction for. Lord, I pray wisdom and direction and discernment over every one of these people here this morning. And those that are watching, Lord. We pray healing over the Bartholomew children right now, Lord. We pray healing over them in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Sometimes if you don't know what to pray, you don't have to. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. In Jesus' name, we praise you, Lord. Lord, I just pray healing over each person. If you need healing this morning, I want you to put your hand on your chest. In the name of Jesus. I don't care if it's something that you've had your whole wide life. Put your hand on your chest. We don't have to, to partner with that. That doesn't mean that you can't get rid of it, that Jesus can't heal it. In the name of Jesus, 
I take authority over every issue in our bodies this morning. I cast out everything that the devil has tried to do to us in Jesus' name. We bind and cast out every spirit of sickness, every spirit of infirmity in the name of Jesus. We cast you out and command you to go and do not come back. And I release the spirit of healing into your life right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for what you provided for us at Calvary. We receive it in Jesus' name. We receive your healing, Lord, even over those things that have been with us for a really long time. We receive the healing, Lord, and we are just bold enough to believe for it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Father, I decree that those that need wisdom would have it right now in Jesus' name, that you would guide us in the name of Jesus, that you would shine your light on every footstep, Lord. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And the word was made flesh. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You are our light, Jesus. You are our light. We receive everything you have for us this morning. We declare that the windows of heaven are open over us as you, as you promised, Lord, to to. Um, to release a blessing on us that we can't even contain. Thank you, Lord. Increase our ability to contain more blessing, we pray. Increase our ability to bless more people. Increase our ability to receive from you in Jesus' name. I just declare the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living on every one of us and those that are watching. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. You may be seated as you're sitting. I just want to let you know that two weeks from today is going to be our missions convention. Um, and after our morning service, we're going to have a covered dish dinner, the first one since the dreaded sea started. So we're going to have our covered dish dinner in there. So begin to plan what you want to bring. You can bring an international dish. And remember that the United States of America is a nation. So that's OK. You can. You can dress in a, some international way and remember that the United States of America is a nation. But if you have another outfit that you want to wear to, to represent a particular country, you know, that's, this is your opportunity to do that. So um, right now we want to show a video about faith promises, and that's going to have everything to do with our, our missions convention in two weeks. Um, and so here we go. they are only able to fulfill that call because God also calls people at home to faithfully give, enabling their local churches to commit monthly support to missionaries. The Faith Promise program makes this possible. A faith promise is not our tithe or a portion of our tithe. Our tithe, the first tenth of our income, is the Lord's and belongs in our local church. 
A faith promise is beyond our time. It is a sacred act, a spiritual agreement with God as we commit to give regularly to support missions and help fulfill God's plan to reach a lost world. A biblical foundation for the faith promise principle is found in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, where the Apostle Paul shares the inspiring testimony of the Macedonian churches and their sacrificial faith giving. These believers gave in two ways, according to their ability and beyond their ability. Because of their joy and generosity, the Macedonians gave according to their ability. They demonstrated their values and priorities by their sacrificial giving. Giving according to our ability is still giving by faith. We demonstrate faith by giving from what we already have in obedience to God's commands. And because of our faith in the power of the gospel, we give to send missionaries around the world to proclaim Christ's message. Paul says that the Macedonian Christians also gave beyond their ability. How can we give beyond our ability? Simply because God is involved in our personal finances. Paul emphasized that the reason God provides sufficiency in everything is so that believers may have an abundance for every good deed. His word is true. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Making a faith promise is a sacred act, a spiritual agreement between us and God. He will guide us in the decision and bless us for our commitment. God's word says every man should give what he has decided in his heart. A faith promise gives us an opportunity to participate in the Great Commission. As we do our part in missions, God's purpose will be accomplished, both in our lives and in the lives of others around the world. for our missions convention and that's why we played that faith promise video because in is it two weeks two weeks we will be asking you for uh, a commitment for the year for your faith promise so there will be uh, cards I'm assuming in the bulletins today or should be and if you would avail yourself of those and begin to go over them with your spouse or you're, if you're by yourself, by yourself, and ask the Lord what it is that he would like for you to do as a faith promise for missions this coming year. That's what happens at the uh, missions fellowship meeting that we're having is the missions committee will establish their budget for the year based on your giving. So be generous. And uh, we have a lot of missionaries, as you can see. Some of their pictures are on the board back there. But there are also some things that they do that aren't listed. So we're actually supporting a lot of different ministries around the world. Amen? So avail yourself of those things. It's so good to be here today. Amen? 
And to see so many folks coming down from the north again to be with us. It's so good to see each and every one. Good to see you folks with us to get again today. The Suttons are back with us. These folks here, I, I, you know, my, the names are slipping my mind, but I'm so thankful that you guys are all with us. Good to see Gary back again. Lynn, my goodness, it's so, you're, you're not in your regular seating order there. But God is so good, amen? It's just good to be in God's house today. And we're pleased and happy that he's here, amen? Well, you know, when I say we're in God's house, actually, this isn't his house. This is his house. But it's pretty good to be in this house too, isn't it? <laughs> Hallelujah. So they're passing out the faith promise cards. And uh, so look that over. Stick that in your, your Bible and, and work on that during the week. In the meantime, we're going to give to the Lord. And you that are watching, it's your opportunity to also join with us. There are ways that you can give. Uh, will be listed on your screen. In the meantime, oh, all right. So these are brochures that explain what a faith promise is in a better way than I did for you. All right. The faith promise cards will be passed out to you either yeah, next week and the week after. All right. Praise God. So. What you're going to give today, would you just hold it up and would you lay your hands on it and let us dedicate it to the Lord and let us make a declaration over it today in the name of Jesus. As we receive today's offering, I am believing the Lord for jobs and better jobs, for raises and bonuses, for benefits, and salaries and commissions, for favorable settlements, for estates and inheritances, for interest and income. Rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid off, expenses decrease and blessings increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs that I may have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Would you come? Bless you in Jesus' name as you give today. Hallelujah. Yes, 
come back for a second Lisa's day Steph come back for a second you know I know we've focused a lot on the praise and worship team and we don't we don't do that a lot but I I just felt this morning even before church started and before you said anything that we should just pray for this group you know and and Liz was talking about Carol but Jim's not here either because Jim is with his father-in-law doing the technicalities for him but I want you to just reach your hands out toward them and let's ask God to bless this. Now, the drummer is already gone, uh, but he's included unless he's back having coffee. So let's just pray. Lord, we just thank you for what you have given to us. We don't take for granted any of your blessings. So Lord, I pray that you'll just outpour upon this talented group of people all of your favor and your abundance and your blessing. Uh, give them strength, Lord, I pray, in the name of Jesus. And give them an anointing for their ministry. Help them not to grow discouraged. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Bless you guys. We love you. We love you a lot. You're a great, great bunch of people. Hallelujah. Well, it's time for us to pr pray for the offering. <laughs> I'm getting good at my sign language. Hallelujah. So would you just stand again and reach your hands out and let's consecrate this to the Lord. Lord, we lift this up to you today and we consecrate this to you. And I ask you, Heavenly Father, that you would bring to pass the promise that you said Try me this day and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you're not able to contain. So Lord, I ask for that right now for everyone who has given today that you would indeed open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings to them in their finances, in their homes, in their relationships. Pour out into them blessings that they are not able to contain. Boy, that would be great, Heavenly Father. I pray that you'll provide for their needs, not according to their needs, but according to your riches in glory. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Bless everyone who is given now, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> well, our children's church... If there are any today, I see very few children. Are there any children? Are there any? We have one. How many feel like children? Paul? Yeah, I feel like a child. Amen. <coughs> I, I do. How many of you still feel young? Be honest. You still feel young. I, I, what you feel inside is not always demonstrated on the outside, but you do feel young, don't you? Yes, indeed. And uh, we are, actually. We are young, and we're supposed to feel that way. The Lord made us to be eternal people. Um, that's why death is so peculiar, because it doesn't feel natural, because it's not supposed to be natural. We're supposed to be forever young. 
Praise the Lord. I'm looking for a box of tissues. So if anybody can see one, I'd be happy to have it. Thank you. Don't you appreciate Liz? I'm telling you what, the, uh, the prayer ministry that she and the ladies in this church have is astounding. And um, I appreciate that so much. There is a, a real fine history that has developed among the ladies in this church over how many years you've been doing this now? Fourteen years the ladies have been coming together once a week and praying. And now they have a substantial group. They, it's, a, it's a really good group. If you're a lady and you're, you haven't come on Tuesdays, you need to really come and find out what's going on Tuesdays at 1030 till 12. And then some of the ladies even make it go beyond that because they make a day of it and have a little lunch together and a little fellowship, maybe some shopping. Who knows what they do? <coughs> so it's a, it's a great day. So set aside Tuesday. Come and check it out. And if you hear after the prayer a lot of people going, woohoo, that's a secret. That's a, that's a secret password, and you can only learn out what that means by coming to the ladies' meeting. And, uh, but they're, they're cute, aren't they? Praise God. Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, <coughs> I just thank you so much. I thank you so much for your anointing, for your presence. I thank you that you came in obedience to Jesus' instructions. When he said, I will send the Holy Spirit and he will be a comforter to you, just like I am your comforter. So the Holy Spirit, you are the other comforter. And you have come to lead and guide us into truth. You've not come to speak of yourself, but whatever Jesus says, you speak. And whatever you hear him say, you speak. And whatever you see him do, you do. <clears throat> and not only that, but you were poured out upon all flesh. And I thank you that you inhabit these temples of flesh today. And I thank you for your presence that's here. We covet your presence. And now give us ears to hear what you are saying to the church. We, the church, the body of Christ. Give us ears to hear what you're saying. In Jesus' name I pray. I pray, I pray particularly that you will anoint me. That your anointing will come upon me this morning so that I am not just here to give a homily or some kind of a nice speech. But Lord, I may I decrease that you may increase in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name I pray. Hallelujah. And while I speak, Holy Spirit, I ask that you will meet needs. I pray, Holy Spirit, that even while I speak, those who are sitting in this room that are uncomfortable because of illnesses or aches or pains, I pray that your healing power will touch them as they hear the word go forth. Because your scripture says, you sent your word and healed them. So as the word goes out today, I pray for healing to flow through this place. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 
How many ever get upset about things? You ever get upset? <clears throat> I tend to get upset from time to time. And um, see if I can see if I can aim that a little better. Well, I got a little upset this week because I was probably. You guys ever watch YouTube? Oh, come on! Don't try to be all holy. You guys watch it from time to time. So there's always suggestions of things to watch. Have you noticed that? So I had, and the, the, your suggestions are based on the history of things that you've been watching. So if you're getting suggestions to places you don't want to go, you might be wanting to check your history. But anyway, I got a suggestion to go and listen to some people who were religious people I don't know what denomination they were from, but they were criticizing other Christians. And, um, you know, it's funny to me how that in the world there are, there are people who are ungodly, do things that are ungodly, but boy, do they ever stick together and stick up for each other. You know what? It doesn't matter what they do, but they band together. And they stick up for each other. But the church, they're picking on each other and criticizing and all. You know what? <clears throat> we need to get our act together. Because uh, do you know what the scripture says? The Lord commands, commands, the Lord commands his blessing upon those who dwell together in unity. Remember, here's how it really goes. Behold how good and pleasant it is when the brethren dwell together in unity. For there the Lord commands his blessing, even life forevermore. So sometimes if you notice that there are schisms in the body of Christ, maybe it's because we're not as united as we ought to be. We ought to stick up for each other. And, and the, then there's another scripture that says, if someone is, if someone is uh, stumbles, let's uphold one another. Amen. But anyway, this particular fellow wasn't upholding. Uh, in fact, he was criticizing, and he was criticizing a young evangelist. Well, now I say young because he's young compared to me. A young evangelist who, who is a, a good guy, and he's a, a healing evangelist, and he goes around trying to do good but this guy was criticizing him about all kinds of things and one of the things he criticized him about was that he prays for people the way we do and when there's a when there's a, a an issue we take authority over it and we command it to do something and the criticism was that can't hear you telling it what to do you know like for instance he was telling deaf ears to be opened and the guy says, if they're deaf ears, they can't hear you. And then he was commanding for blind eyes to see. And he's going, blind eyes can't hear. And he's just being just kind of snarky. Is snarky a word? And, uh, and it was, I just felt if I could reach through that screen, I'd slap him. Because he was being snarky. Because I remember, if I remember correctly, way back in the book of Genesis... God said, 
Let there be light. Didn't he? Now, actually, it translates like this. God said, light be. Now, this guy would have probably said to God, he can't hear you, it's light. Right? And then, Jesus, when he was in the ship on that stormy night, and the waves were rolling and the wind was blowing, what did he do to the storm? He said to the storm, peace be still. Now, this guy would have said, he can't hear you. Am I, now, I know I'm being a little snarky right now, right? But what you sow, you reap. So if you sow snark, don't be surprised if you get a little bit of. And then, uh, all through the scripture, I mean, Jesus spoke to a man who was in the grave and said, Lazarus, come forth. He speaks. You know what he told us to do? He said, speak to the mountain and say to the mountain, go away from here and go to some other place. He wants us to speak to situations. So I like it when Liz and you all get to praying and you begin to declare to things how they ought to be. That's what God wants us to do. Don't worry about whether they have ears. Everything, you know, here's, so let's, let's just stick, go to the word this morning. I want you to go with me to the book of Hebrews to begin with. Chapter number four and verse number 12 for starters. It says this, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It is able to divide asunder the soul and the spirit and of the joints and marrow, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word of the Lord is that. The word of the Lord is able to to divide between things that sometimes are not necessarily uh, considered to be uh, differentiated between. Now, between your soul and your spirit, how can you sometimes tell the difference? It's not, it's not easy for you to tell the difference, but the word of God is like a two-edged sword. In fact, you know when... The scripture says, put on the whole armor of God. What is one of the pieces of armor that we're supposed to take? The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The word of God is like a, it's like a sword. But it's not just like a sword that you'd use in battle to slice up the enemy. But it's able to... It's able to be so precise, it's almost like a surgeon's scalpel. It's able to divide between soul and spirit, between joints and marrow, and it is a discerner. It is, it is able to differentiate between the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So this word of God is, is a word that's not something that, somebody can lower themselves to be snarky about you speak the word 
and it is quick it is alive that's what quick means the word of the Lord is alive now there's a lot of words that don't necessarily carry life with them but the word of God is alive when God, spo when God spoke in the beginning and when he speaks today, things happen because his word is alive. Even to the point where, I think Liz made an allusion to it, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. It's the same word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And when the word became flesh, we all know that that flesh, the word, has a name. And it's Jesus. So Jesus is the word made flesh. And there is life in him. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. So this is a word. Now in English, a lot of times we'll have one word that other languages will have several of them to help define it a little better. And in, in uh, Greek, for the word, word, you have two words at least. One is called logos, or logos, or however you want to pronounce it. I'm not Greek. And the other one is rhema. A and uh, so there's, there's logos and there's rhema, and they really mean the same thing uh, when you really get into the nuts and bolts of trying to understand them, it's just that the best way I can simplify it and, and distill it down is one talks about the written word and one about the spoken word. But they're still the same. So the logos is more like the written and the rhema is more like the spoken word. But they mean the same thing. And I might have it backwards because I'm not a, I'm not a, theologian but it's okay we get the basic idea but this word is alive it's a living kind of a word and the scripture here says that the word of God is alive and not only is it alive but it's powerful it is a word that carries with it power and cap capacity to do things go with me uh, just for a little bit here to the book of first Corinthians and I want to go to chapter number 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And starting with verse number 10. <clears throat> now, we're jumping into the middle of a thought here. And um, the, the preceding verse, number 9, talks about it is written... Eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. But then verse number 10 says this, but God has revealed them, God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. There are a lot of things that in the carnal, in the physical, and we've talked about this over the last couple of weeks, so I won't go back into it except to say that there's capacities in you that you don't know how and you have we haven't figured out how to mine them out of us but nevertheless they're there and this is one of those things 
the things that the eye hasn't seen or the ear hasn't heard, nor even has it entered into the heart of man, what God has prepared for them that love him, God, nevertheless, has revealed them to us through his spirit. Do you see the importance of living in the spirit so we can have greater revelation of what he's placed inside of us? The power and the capacity. The spirit which is of the, uh, they have been revealed unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, even the deep things of God. So the Holy Spirit has knowledge of the depths of who God is. Now, wouldn't it be nice to know the breadth and the depth and the length of, and the height of who God is? Nobody knows that like the Holy Spirit. God's Holy Spirit. Now, likewise, it says, for what a man, for what man knoweth the things of another man, I inserted another, but how is it possible for you to know another person, the only one that really knows a particular person thoroughly is the spirit of that person. So your spirit knows you thoroughly, inside and out. You cannot know your neighbor as well as their spirit knows them. So save the spirit of a man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. So nobody's able to know truly all there is to know about God except for the spirit of God. Now, <coughs> fasten your seatbelts. Because this is about to get really good. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. This spirit who knows God in all of his fullness has been made available to you and I to receive. That we might know the things that are freely given to us by God. I don't know if you're catching the gravity of this. Maybe, maybe that's why you're so quiet because you're thinking to yourself, oh my goodness, I, this, is really, this is really deep. And it is. Because God has entrusted to us the fullness of his Holy Spirit, the same Spirit who knows him in his awesomeness. And we have received... The spirit, not the spirit of the world, but we have received the spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in words, which men's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things to spiritual. Now let's keep going. Verse number 14, the natural man receives not the things of the spirit. And I want to pause here for a second because when we first started, we said the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, is able to, is able to divide between soul and spirit. And this is that very thing because the natural man is the soul of a person. And the spirit of God is the spirit side of a person. 
And the only the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, is able to make a distinction between what is natural and what is spiritual. The Holy Spirit, the Word of God, that is to say, is the one who is able to make that dis differentiation. For they, the reason why the natural man can't do it is because to the natural man, this is foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. You see that discerning thing where the, the word of God is able to discern? There's discernment that comes through the word of God. The word of God, brothers and sisters, there's a quote that I heard. Have you guys ever heard of a guy named Derek Prince? You know, sometimes I'm reluctant to bring up names because some people don't like people and some people do like people. And, and, and so I'm apprehensive to do that because I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to crusade or down anybody. But <clears throat> you, need to, you need to listen to a lot of different people. All right. But he says this. When I read the word of God, I feel like the word of God is reading me. And I thought to myself, that's pretty good. Because the word of God is alive and it's powerful. And, and as I'm reading this word, how many have noticed that sometimes it, and it, it, really, doesn't, it really doesn't matter, although sometimes it does, where you're reading but when you're reading this, it's, it's reading you. It's speaking to you. It's, it's finding things in you that were, that were hidden and that you perhaps didn't even have an awareness of, but you're reading it, and it's reading you. That's the powerful thing about this word. So it's the capacity to have this discernment their spiritual discernment. Oh, I want more spiritual discernment. But let's continue here. Verse number 15. He that is spiritual judges all things. Yet he himself is judged of no man. For, watch this. This is a good verse. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that they may instruct him? Can you think of a person <clears throat> who's known the mind of the Lord? We just learned that nobody knows God in his fullness, but the Spirit of God. And nobody can know the mind of God, or can they, to instruct him. But watch what the end of that verse says. We have the mind of Christ. That's pretty fabulous, I would say. That's pretty amazing, I would say. That shows me that there is something residing inside of me that, has, that is laying dormant, waiting to be harvested and tapped into. Oh, that we wouldn't settle for the mundane and the mediocre, but try to press in to, to the richness and fullness of God. Let me take you to another story that you're very aware of and there's a couple of different places it's talked about but let's go to to um, Luke's rendition of this story so go with me to the book of Luke 
and chapter number one. I'm going to skip a little bit in the story, but then bring you back to the story for some context. But this <clears throat> is the story of a young lady named Mary who had an encounter that no one before or since her has had. And if you were to have an encounter like this, perhaps the first thing that you would be inclined to do would be to cast out some kind of a spirit if you had an encounter like this from a supernatural being because she had never and nor has any other woman ever had an encounter like this but she said well let me just let me just go sequentially a little bit with this so she is approached by an angel in chapter 1 verse number 35 the angel says to Mary <clears throat> first of all there's a little bit of dialogue that takes place before this and Mary has a question she's not she's not resistant to this idea although it's pretty radical all she says is I'm willing to partner with this idea I just don't know how to go about doing it how can these things be let's do this Let's do this, but I just don't know how to do this. So the angel speaks to her. Now here, my brothers and sisters, is the Logos of God speaking to Mary through the angel. And the angel answers, verse 35, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee therefore also that holy thing which shall be born unto thee shall be called the son of God now here you have in this sentence all three parts of the Trinity the Holy Ghost is there you see that and then the power of the highest that's the father and then the son the one that's going to be born the son of God the Trinity all wrapped into one so the angel says here's how it's going to be he describes it to her and then he says something in verse number 37 is where I really wanted to come to but I had to give you a little context he says this for with God nothing shall be impossible now I want to dissect a little bit of that because that that word that is the, that says nothing but for God nothing believe it or not is the word rhema it's not the word nothing it's the word rhema so what he's saying actually here is no rhema shall be impossible with God in other words when God says something, in him saying that is the power to perform it. And, and she doesn't have to do anything but cooperate with it. How can these things be? The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the Holy Ghost will overshadow you 
And although she's still a little confused about all of this, because, mind you, this is pretty radical, he says to her, with God, nothing, no rhema shall be impossible. The word of God is alive and it's powerful. No word of God will come to you that does not contain the ability to perform itself. Now, brothers and sisters, that's important for us to understand. Because when God gives you a promise, he who hath promised is able to perform it. God doesn't ever, it's not that he doesn't need you, but he really doesn't need you. When he didn't need you, when he saved you, he just needed you to believe. Whosoever believeth in him shall not perish. He said, one of those verses I just tell you almost every week, he who knew no sin became sin, so that we could become the righteousness of God. What did you have to do to become that? Nothing. He did it all. And when he said it is finished, it means everything. He has the finished work completed. All you have to do is say, yes, I'll hitch my wagon to that. Hallelujah. When the word of God comes to you, along with that word comes the capacity for it to perform itself in you he who hath begun a good work in you is faithful to complete it he doesn't start something and say okay here you go now here's the football you run it down to the end of the field no he runs up alongside you and says here's the football let's go and he runs with you if he has to pick you up and take you with him and then you get across the finish line and you get the credit for the touchdown Hallelujah. That's a feeble example. I know I probably could have thought a better one, but that just came on the spur of the moment. But he who hath begun a good work is faithful to complete it. The rhema, the logos that he has spoken to you, brothers and sisters, has the capacity within itself to perform itself. Hallelujah. Boy, if, if we could just get that inside of our soul. Inside of, inside of our spirit, it would take a lot of the anxiety and work out of what we are striving and trying to do so much. We find it sometimes so hard to believe, so hard to trust, because somehow we think that we've got to do something. Certainly there must be something that I, must, that I can do, you know, some, they say that, that musicians, songwriters, sometimes are the worst theologians. And I, I've learned that to be true. Sometimes they can be the best theologians. But there's, as I've grown up, I've begun to recollect songs from my youth that I kind of don't like anymore. Because they don't, they don't, they're not really correct. Have you had have you even noticed that? And one of them is this even though it's humble, Lord help my will to crumble, and though the cost be great, 
I'll work for you, you know. It's really, it's, it, that's kind of like, oh, poor me, you know, dear God, I'm such a whiny little thing, you know. I'll just, no, sometimes it's, come on, let's get with this. I've given you a task to do, and I've given you the power. I've, the, along with it, I have a word that's powerful enough to carry it out. Hallelujah. You don't have to pick some kind of a whizzly little task. No, when God gives you a task, he wants you to flip the world upside down and do it with the power that comes upon you. Hallelujah. This Logos, this Rhema word is a powerful word. It's alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Hallelujah. Now, I'm giving you some examples, but what my desire is, is that you take this to heart and you lean upon this thing. And, um, and when God gives you a word, He's going to give the, the power along with that word to perform itself. And, and you don't have to wonder whether or not he's going to do it. Quit wondering. Just go for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So, Mary said, Behold thy handmaid. And here's the attitude that we have to have. Verse number 38. After she gets this revelation that with, with God, no rhema shall be impossible. She says, Behold your handmaid. Be it unto me according to your rhema. Hallelujah. She says, Be it unto me according to your rhema. Oh, may that be our cry. Lord, let your living word Come upon me and perform itself through me. Hallelujah. Let it perform itself through me. In Jesus' name. And that's what happened. Mary submitted herself to that. And I love this verse, if you don't mind me just digressing for a minute, because <clears throat> when you get to approach my age, you have permission to be repetitive. And in verse number 40, it says that she entered into the house, Mary did, into the house of Zechariah, and she saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was, a, was filled with the Holy Ghost. There was something going on inside of these ladies. This rhema was coming to life. Hallelujah. It was alive in them. And brothers and sisters, <clears throat> you're not probably going to be another Mary and, and, and uh, be pregnant with the Lord Jesus Christ in the way Mary was, but in, in one sense you are. Because... In one sense, you are the womb of the possibilities of God that are about to be birthed into this world. And I'll tell you, let yourself become the carrier of the power of the rhema in life. Hallelujah. Say, be it unto me according to thy rhema. That's not a bad prayer to pray. 
And wherever you go, birth that word. May that word that has the power to perform itself be birthed in you in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, it's a powerful, powerful word. So now I want you to, to give you another couple of examples because a fellow like me is a concrete learner. You know what a concrete learner is? I'll try to do this without making noise in the mic. That's not easy when the mic is that far from your nose. <laughs> but there were some people in the scripture who were not even considered to be deeply theological people, but they somehow they caught they caught the significance and the power of this. And one of them you'll read about in the book of Matthew. So let's go there. And this is Matthew chapter 8. Now this fellow in Matthew 8 and verse number 8 was a centurion, a Gentile. A centurion is a Roman soldier. And he's over, well, how much is a century? A hundred? So a centurion would be a, a person who's in charge of a hundred. So he was a Roman leader of a hundred Roman soldiers. So he's not a Jew. He's, in a, he's an occupier in this Jewish land. But he has a problem because he has someone in his cohort that is sick. And he comes to Jesus because he hears about Jesus. And he says to Jesus in verse number 8, the centurion asked, answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldst come under my roof, but speak the rhema only. And my servant shall be healed. <laughs> now, brothers and sisters, that's pretty great faith right there. Just speak the rhema and my servant will be healed. You know, there's so much power in this. The, the words, you, you remember in the book of Samuel? Remember the story of Samuel? This little guy? He, he heard the voice of the Lord in the nighttime and he went and told uh, the priest, he said, did you call me? And the priest said, no, I, I didn't call you. But finally it dawned on him, this is, this is God talking. So when the next time you hear it, at, tell God, speak, for I'm listening. Your servant's listening. And from that point on, the scripture says, God did not let any of Samuel's words fall to the ground. Isn't that amazing? Do you see the, do you see the significance of, and the importance that God puts on words. And brothers and sisters, you and I, being made in the image of God, need to be, a, a, some of us a little bit, some of us a lot more careful about the words that we speak. That none of them will fall to the ground. You and I are people of the word. We are people of the rhema. We carry with us words that have power enough to perform what they're, set, what they're sent out to do. 
They're like little messengers, little war, not little either. They're warriors. And so when, when, uh, when somebody has an uh, infirmity, you can speak to that infirmity. It doesn't have ears. It must bow its knee. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of things in earth and under the earth and above the earth. And I'll tell you what. I'll even go you a step further. If you and I don't begin to speak out, the rocks will cry out. Well, they don't have mouths. I'll tell you what, brothers and sisters. You and I better start speaking the rhema or the rocks are going to speak it because God is going to have his word known. Hallelujah. So anyway, I'll just be careful what I watch on YouTube because it gets my dander up, see? But we need to be careful, don't we? I know I get a little righteously indignant when I hear that kind of stuff because Maybe, maybe, be, I'll tell you maybe one of the reasons why. You want me to give you an honest confession? Because I used to be one of those critical people. I used to be on that side of the fence. And always finding stuff until one day the lights came on for me. Over a period of time. And I, I discovered some things about God that have just changed my life radically. I first, I discovered His grace instead of legalism. And then I, then I discovered the power of his word. And, and I discovered his revelation and the capacity to hear his voice. And I don't ever want to go back to that other side of the fence again. So it gets me a little bit upset with people, but really I need to be a little bit more compassionate for them and pray that they get a revelation. And, and, and maybe... You know, thankfully, I didn't have somebody shake the revelation into me, but <clears throat> probably, you know, the Holy Spirit is the best one to do that. He's gentle, but he's tough. All that to say, that centurion man had some sort of an amazing revelation that, Jesus, you don't even have to come. Just say the word. Now, I like the way... It's, that's in Matthew, but Luke chapter 7, verse number 7, says it a different way. And I, I sort of like Luke's perspective of what that man said. So just take a quick trip over to Luke chapter 7 and verse number 7 because he says it this way. <clears throat> Wherefore... Neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a rhema, and my servant shall be healed. Just say a word. Just say a word. You know, God has got a way of saying one word, and it does more than all the volumes of books that people can write about. And I'll tell you, all you and I need is a word from the Lord, just a rhema from the Lord, and it'll change our whole way of doing things. Amen? Lord, I pray for a rhema word today 
for this body of believers, a rhema word that has the capacity to perform itself. That's the word we need. And you know, the Bible says the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And then John goes on to say, he came, this word made flesh, came to his own, and his own received him not. Now that's a sad state of events, except for the fact that when it says his own received him not, there were a remnant who, as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. Now when you are a son or a daughter of the rhema, then you are a person of the rhema. And God puts within you, you are the, you are the word of God to the world. <clears throat> and you have been given power to become. Remember we read that in the beginning. There's a capacity when the Holy Spirit comes in you to do things that you don't even recognize or realize that you have the ability to do. But you have the mind of the anointed. You have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And begin to change the way you're thinking. Now, you see, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, is able to divide between soul and spirit. <clears throat> now, the natural man is not able to receive the things of the Spirit. So, what has to happen to the natural man, the mind, the, the soul, is that in order for it to be in alignment with the Spirit, the Bible says it needs to be renewed. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. And that word transformed means metamorpho, which is metamorphosis, which is what you learned about when you were in school a hundred years ago like me. It's the changing of something into something else, like a caterpillar to a butterfly. So your mind needs to be transformed. It needs to be renewed. So it no longer thinks like a caterpillar, but it thinks like a butterfly. And your mind is not able to receive the things of the Spirit because they are spiritually discerned. So your soul, your mind, needs to be transformed, needs to be metamorphed into a whole new creation. Something that doesn't crawl on the leaves like a bug, but soars in the air. Hallelujah. It doesn't, it's not, it's not something like a chicken that picks the bugs off the ground, but it soars like an eagle above the clouds. It's a transformed mind. And that's the mind that we need to think with. That's the way we go about life. We don't think with a carnal mind, a natural mind anymore. We have a supernatural mind. Hallelujah. It's a mind that is transformed. 
It's renewed. Hallelujah. That comes by the Spirit. And so when it says we have the mind of Christ, we don't have the mind of Christ in a carnal body. We don't in a carnal mind. We don't have the the mind of Christ in a natural mind or soul, but in a transformed one. So the Spirit is born again. Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. And along with being born again comes the capacity to see the kingdom of heaven. Being born again, along with being born again, comes the capacity to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And being transformed, which is kind of like the equivalent of being born again in the spirit, because that's what's born again is your spirit. You know, this, it'd be nice if this was born again. But this isn't going to be born again. This is going to be resurrected. You see, the spirit is born again. The soul or the mind is transformed and the body is resurrected. That's how it works, you see. So the spirit is born again and the mind is transformed. Now we don't think the way the natural man thinks anymore. And this is, the, this is that metamorphosis process. Some of us are still in the cocoon, right? How many of you are sort of still in the cocoon? It's splitting open, but you're still wrestling sometimes with the getting your thinking right, right? I feel like the cocoon is splitting open for me. I can feel my wings, and I know a little bit. Well, I'm not a bug anymore, but I, I can't wait to start flying, you know? <laughs> and sometimes the bug mentality keeps getting back in there, but I have to shake it off and start thinking like the butterfly because that transforming mind, and, and when, when we read what it says here uh, in where we read a little, we have this mind in us where we, we now we think in light of the Spirit. Now, <clears throat> one other thing before I quit. And this is an amazing thing. So I want to take you to the book uh, of Psalms. And I alluded to this a little earlier. But I want to give it a good place. And that is in the book of Psalms, chapter 107. By the way, <coughs> this, this um, week I was on the telephone with, um, what's the name of the fellow who's in the hospital with COVID? Uh, Rob Melton. I, do you guys know Rob Melton? He and his wife come here from time to time. They're trying to get moved to Port Charlotte, but Rob's... Rob's really going through a tough time with, with COVID, and he, the last time he talked, he was on a ventilator. I didn't talk with him, but uh, his, his, the Lord is working on him, but he really needs a supernatural touch. And so I was talking with his mother on the phone the other day, asking her about him, and she said that the Lord gave her a verse, and uh, <coughs> she shared it with me, and it was Psalms 107, verse number 2. And, um, or no, verse number 20, I'm sorry. And I was thinking about that this week, and as I was preparing for this message, lo and behold, it fits perfectly with what we're talking about today, because it says here, he sent his word. Now, this is Old Testament, so it's not going to be Rhema or Logos, but it's the Hebrew equivalent of it. 
He sent his word, <clears throat> which I have it written down in my notes somewhere, but it doesn't really matter. It's the same thing. It's the living word. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. God's word is still being sent today, the same as it was to that centurion, that soldier. God has sent his word to you and to me. He sent his word to heal us. He sends his word to heal us. Do you know? Now I know this is tough for, for you, but it's that butterfly thinking now for a minute. <clears throat> when Jesus died on the cross for you, how many of your sins were in the future? Right? Now, that's pretty interesting to think about, isn't it? Because while, while you were yet sinners, Christ died for you, but actually, he died for you before you even got here. He knew you before you got here, and he already died for your sins before you committed them. Now, likewise, when Jesus bore the stripes for your healing, how many of your sicknesses and diseases were in the future? Were they not all in the future? So, <clears throat> let me ask you something. When were you saved? Okay, this he's Paul says nineteen seventy nine. He knows right where it is. Well, you want to know when I was saved? Two thousand years ago. Two thousand twenty two years ago, give or take. The problem is that I just didn't receive the gift that's been sitting under the Christmas tree ever since. It was just waiting for me to open it up. And so was I healed then. Now I want to tell you something else. How many have grandchildren and great-grandchildren? How many of their sins did Jesus die for before they got here? Wouldn't it be good news for you to let them know that? You know what that good news, there's another word for it. It's called the gospel. And you're supposed to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Well, that'll give you something to chew on for a minute. Preach it to every creature. Because how many of you have a dog or a cat that needs Jesus? Now, I'm not saying that they're going to get saved, but I'm telling you, some of them need to get saved. But, <clears throat> but he wants us to spread the good news. Amen? <clears throat> now, here's the deal. <laughs> All of these things were taken by him to the cross. He sent his word and healed you. He sent his word and redeemed you. You need to, and I need to start thinking saved. I need to start thinking saved. You know that? Do you, do you suppose that's why we have a helmet of salvation? So we can think saved. And we, we need to take the sword of the spirit. Which is the word of God. We need to have this armor. 
And as far as our healing is goes, we've got to take and receive what Jesus gave us. <clears throat> and I, I wrestle with I wrestle with these kinds of things because as soon as we start talking about this kind of stuff, the quote unquote real world kicks in and the first thing that comes out of our our mouth is but or what about have you ever noticed that happens to you <clears throat> and and it happens to me but you know what i believe god's word more than i believe the i don't know what you want to call them the facts or the realities because what God says is true, but the problem is that <coughs> Satan, had, through causing us to fall, has, has taken us so far away from the mind of Christ that all we have is these excuses and these qualifications. But God, do you notice Jesus never tried to qualify or explain away or explain himself? He just kept speaking the word. He just kept the rhema flowing. And that's all you and I have to do. Just keep speaking the truth, speaking the truth, speaking the truth. Well, what about this? Just keep speaking the truth. Hallelujah. But what happens if speak the truth? <clears throat> and I'm wrestling with this myself. So I'm not talking to you as one who's got it all worked out. I'm in this journey, but I'm telling you what, I, I know that there's a secret here. There's a treasure here that I want to keep digging for, and one of these days I'm going to get down to the bottom of it. Hallelujah. Now, <clears throat> this is interesting because in the book of Acts, there's actually a little secret that was given because in Acts chapter number 10, verse 36, it says that the word of God was sent to the children of Israel by Jesus Christ. The word of God was sent to the children of Israel by Jesus Christ. When? When Jesus was born and walked the earth? Well, yes. But Jesus was with them clear back when they were in the wilderness. That manna, that rock that followed them in the wilderness. You remember, you remember it talks about that. Some of us, some of us don't really focus on these scriptures, but... It says that the rock followed them in the wilderness. Look it up. And that rock that followed them was Jesus. Jesus was present. The word, the rhema was present in their lives, even in the middle of their doubting and fear and backsliding. And the word of God is with you, and it's alive, and it's powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. <clears throat> let's adopt this rhema word and let it become part of our life in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> I just want to make sure I don't leave out something that I wanted to say. Actually, I did, but I don't know. I've got more markers to go through, but I'll just leave them for later. Heavenly Father, I pray by the power and the anointing of your Holy Spirit that you'll take this rhema word now, this word which is the incorruptible seed, which you said is like a sower. He sowed the seed. But right away, 
there were all kinds of different things like the birds of the air and the shallowness of soil that, are tr that try to steal the word away. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you will rebuke those birds. You will rebuke and cause that incorruptible seed to find root in fertile hearts and minds in this room today. So that that rhema word, that incorruptible seed, will grow up in us to where we become mighty men and women of God that can change this world, not be intimidated by it. That will change this world instead of living in fear of it. In the name of Jesus, I pray for myself and for my brothers and sisters in this room today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And now, may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. And may he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. And you shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You will bring forth fruit in your season. Your leaf will not wither, and whatsoever you do will prosper. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now, unto him who is able to keep you from falling and who is able to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God our Savior be glory and honor and dominion and power both now and forever amen and amen bless the Lord bless each other love each other have an amazing day. Have a rhema-filled day in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat>